Hello and welcome to Touchline from Kasper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Kas. Nice being back in studio. Definitely nice being back in studio. And Mark, thanks for uh, standing in last last week. Unfortunately, I couldn't be here. Um, well, we, it wasn't actually unfortunate. It was actually great not was it great? <laughs> but we missed Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we would like to welcome Mr. Juno Free with us um, in studio today. Um, Juno is now retired from UKZN um, Rugby from the Executive Council. Um, welcome, Juno. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. It's lovely being with you, and thanks for the opportunity and for the invitation. Only a pleasure. Just want to say it's quite different speaking to you like this in an informal, informal way, where uh, traditionally <laughs> the respect will still be there, though. So don't get me wrong, but uh, normally uh, one would speak to you from from a council point of view and and different viewpoint. Um, but now you know you like the retired people sitting outside. Now you can actually criticise going <laughs> in, <laughs> like criticising the referees. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mark, we've we've come a long way. I think you know me. You yes, can talk yeah. to me anytime, anytime you want. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a number of years. So, <laughs> do you know your your road into KZN and then through KZN rugby? Um, tell us a little bit about it. When did it start? Where did it start? And how did it come about? Guys, I've got an interesting story. I, I think all clubs have. Maybe we don't realize it now, but have for many years battled to get people who are willing to do all the different jobs. And um, when I was still a player, when I was about 20 years old, my dad was the chairman of the then South uh, Port Shepston Rugby Club, which later became the South Coast Warriors, as you know now. And um, they couldn't find a secretary. And he just told me that I will be the secretary. And, you know, like most Afrikaans boys, you don't really argue with your dad. <laughs> so uh, that was it. I, I, I then, I then uh, started at the young age of 20, which is 40-odd, 43 years ago. And um, I, I really very soon realized that I quite enjoyed rugby administration. So I then uh, became, I think uh, Mark will remember Uncle Bert Woolley very well. While Uncle Bert Woolley many, many years ago was the president of Southern KZN, I became his secretary, and I was his secretary for a long, long, long time. And um, I really learned a huge amount from him. And he was he was then on the executive. And, and in those days, I knew that that's something that I would really like to do one day. Um, so, yeah, when, when, when Uncle Bert um, eventually uh, stepped down, um, I think it was a year or two after that, that I became the, the president of Southern KZN. And obviously... Being the president of Southern KZN, that then uh, put me onto the executive council. And so that was about 16 years ago, and uh, Peter Hazard was then the president of the KZN RU. So you've, you know, you've gone through all the ranks in the, in the KZN RU as well. Um, the RSU, now South Coast, or you're telling us about the, the South Coast Union um, uh, or subunion, uh, executive council or the council, executive council. So you've basically done it all there. Um, tell us a bit about club rugby within KZN and within the council. How does club, or how do club rugby fit into that whole sphere in KZN? Yes, obviously on the council and on the executive council, you've got different people um, in different portfolios. And and um, for argument's sake, it's basically the same as as 
uh, structure as the DRSU, which you two guys are very familiar with, where you have schools, you have referees, you've got all the different uh, sectors of rugby uh, represented. And it's much the same on the, um, on the KZNRU Council. On the executive, that's obviously the, the top four positions, which are the, the president and then the, the three deputies. And then you've got the four additional members. Now, um, I've, I've worked with many, many people and, and made huge friends. And um, as, as, as it is in, in rugby, um, you don't always agree with everybody. And I think that even happens at club level. So, yes, you know, but... I, I really believe that in my years in rugby, I never, ever made a decision without thinking, is this good for the game? And that is always what I based my decisions on. And I think most dedicated uh, rugby people do that. And of course, you asked me specifically about club rugby. I'm, I was very, very lucky in the sense that in my last few years on council, I was probably the most involved with club rugby that anyone can be. I was, I was the chairman of the fixtures committee for quite a few years now. I took over after yes. Skulk uh, became deputy president. And, um, and, and I really enjoyed that role. It's a role that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. It was close to the clubs. And uh, we, worked, we worked hard for the clubs, but we also saw, we saw the benefits to the club members. We saw the benefits to the clubs. And, and I think uh, we made a lot of friends in clubs. You know, Casper, you and I would probably yes. never have met each other if it hadn't been for the fact that I That's was true. involved with club rugby when you started uh, uh, running uh, your own club now. Uh, do you know, if I can just ask, um, with regards to your involvement way back when and to where you stepped down now and went on retirement, um, how has club rugby evolved over the years um, maybe directly or indirectly with your involvement there. But in general, um, you know, obviously you're coming from South Coast Warriors over to Durban and then obviously in your position that you, are, that you were in, you weren't affiliated to a specific club. But just in general, before I ask you on those questions, um, how has club rugby evolved over the years? And then what do you think our future is going forward? Mark, just, just one thing. I, I, I did spend a year as chairman of um, the College Rovers Club and from there um, stood for the chairman of, of uh, DRSU. Right. So I'm not aware of any other people that, that were presidents of, of two subunions, um, but that, that be as it may, um, as far as club rugby is or was, I cannot tell you that a huge amount has changed. Obviously, in my early, early years, we had provincial players playing club games. Um, we had, uh, we saw, a, it was a lot more professional than it is now. I don't know when last I saw a, a Sharks player in a, in a club. But when I was chairman of, of uh, Rovers, we had um, several Sharks players, including the Sharks captain then, mm -hmm. playing for the club. Not a lot of games, but at least some games. Yeah. So the spectators could come to a club game and see some, let's call them uh, professional rugby players. Yeah. These days, I think club rugby has become semi-professional. I think we're all aware of that. Um, and, um, and, and, and that, to me, is the biggest difference. When, 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 when we were 
in our younger days and, and in the early days of my, my rugby administration career, we had a huge amount of players that were just so keen to get involved with the game. And that to me has changed in the sense that I sometimes feel that one has to go and, and find those players and look for those players and, and, and lure them to clubs with other things than just let's just play club rugby and enjoy the game. Yeah, unfortunately, you, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there with regards to that. I think um, money, money, unfortunately, has brought in a negative aspect to it. Um, doesn't matter what the amount is. Every youngster that leaves school now wants to play for, for some sort of a cash reward. Um, do you know if I can just ask this, and <laughs> I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit, yeah, if you don't mind. Um, obviously, you've been you've been part of rugby now, as you said, for for many and many a year. Um, you served in two different subunions, and I, I personally, I think I know what you're going to tell me. But uh, just for the for the listeners and the viewers out there, um, where's your heart? Which which area or club are you fondest of? If I'm if I may ask that. And I know what you you're know, going to say. You know, now, now you've got to be careful. Now you've got to be careful, Gina. Yeah, I, I would answer on your behalf. <laughs> I, 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 would also, I would also say to you that I think I'm, I've always been honest. And I think people know. Obviously, one will never, ever forget the club that you played for personally. And, 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 and that is the club that, that, that you belong to for the yeah. rest of your life. So yeah. when I see South Coast Warriors playing against somebody, I... I, I still, I still support South Coast Warriors. That, that's just the way my human nature, and I think most human natures are. Yeah. But obviously, when I came to Durban and I joined Rovers, um, I, I, I became the once a Rover, always a Rover, mm. and uh, I will also, also always be, be loyal to the Rovers club. But you know, I was lucky enough to then have twin boys who played rugby for. Not only uh, South Coast Warriors when we lived on the South Coast, but later on for Durban clubs. And um, I just find that when, you're, when your son is playing for a team, you also end up supporting that yeah. uh, against the team where, you're, where your own kids are playing. And I think you guys will agree with me. Yeah, no, yes. no, 100%. Sorry, I just had to ask that because I know you're very passionate about South Coast Warriors. And one thing that I can say about them as they are one of the few clubs that know how to host. Yes, they definitely the do know. Side, that is for sure. And, I mean, that yeah. I learned when you guys were still down there on that side many years ago when I started coaching and when we visited the South Coast Warriors. So, um, And then the evening became a long evening trying to get back to Mamsa Toti from the <laughs> South. Do <laughs> um, you know, talking about yeah. your boys now and your boys playing, um, obviously they, they, they still got a, a bit of rugby in them. Um, and and both of them currently with Crusaders, I believe. Um, do you know now after after rugby, are you going to join the boys at the club? Are you going to going to become involved? I'm 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 not going to get involved with with a club at least for a year or two. I just want to take a complete break. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you guys in the sense that. I really want to just enjoy rugby. I'd like to go and watch rugby with my grandchildren. I've got a, a few of them now, and I'd like to go and enjoy the game with them and maybe try and sit with them and, and try and teach them something about the game and, and just have that part of the enjoyment for a little while. 
So I don't have any plans to join a club or, or, or any club right now, no. But I will definitely be on the sidelines. I, I will visit you guys too. You've always been one of my favorite clubs to visit too. Uh, I'm, I'm you. glad you're saying that because obviously between South Coast Warriors and your area where you reside during work, we are nearly halfway to, <laughs> to the south. Big. So in theory, you have to put in fuel here. You have to stop here for a hamburger or whatever. So we'll see you often. Um, Juno, I also just want to ask uh, a little bit earlier, we touched on or you touched on um, the olden days when I asked the difference between then and now from a club perspective. You spoke about um, players getting involved and not necessarily getting involved to play for rugby uh, for for money sorry but they wanted to get involved in the club and help an interesting article i read this weekend um the newcastle falcons and Worcester warriors were supposed to play each other i think it was on saturday and with the weather conditions and that in the uk obviously they had to postpone their game and uh, the game was rescheduled to the sunday but it was such a, a rush thing that they didn't even have a TMO, by the way, um, for that specific game. <laughs> yes. But what had actually happened here is, and, and, and it speaks wonders of the club and of the players in that specific area. Obviously, I'd, I'd hope that it works like that anywhere in the professional era where, where the employers actually ask the employees to step up a little bit. But these guys were, were hosting Worcester Warriors, and the players that weren't playing on the day in the match day 23, out of their own accord, put their hands up and they manned the bars and they served the people and they inter interacted with the people. And, and some of the spectators, the, the, some of the guys that they spoke to said they were very nervous in the beginning because they'd never been behind a bar before. Some of them had never worked before, so they didn't know how to do it, <laughs> but they were prepared to help. And then one or two of the spectators or the patrons in that specific place said it was the longest service they've ever had and shocking, but they enjoyed it because everyone wanted to take <laughs> selfies and whatever. So wouldn't it be nice if that attitude could come through to club rugby specific where the clubs don't need to ask players week in and week out to assist, where players just put their hands up and say, listen, I'm injured, how can I help? Sure, sure. Mark, that, that's how I remember rugby from our younger days too. And, and, and I'm not just talking about me being a little bit older than you. You, you were a young man when, when I was uh, uh, running some of the uh, amateur provincial teams and, and you and I were involved with that together. And I think that was one of my absolute highlights. When I think back, the old Villabias teams and those, uh, those teams that we looked after and... and, and uh, and managed and so on. Um, those guys were in it for the game. They were, they were, it was all fun. It was all, and man, right until now, the best thing that I think there is in rugby is a, is a tour. But Definitely. those tours somehow just seem to stick out. Yeah. When I think of going down to Kimberley for the interprovincials with the junior clubs, those days the, we had the, the Villabias, which were really now the Sharks Club 15. And then we had a country districts team. Mm -hmm. That's now the Villabias team. And that country districts team, uh, I, I, I took down to Kimberley uh, on more than one occasion. And, and if I think back of those tours, guys, uh, and, and that reminds me of exactly what you're talking about now, Mark, is the, the, the guys just wanted to be involved. They, they didn't. 
They didn't care whether they were on the field or whether they were carrying the baggage or whether they were carrying the, the, the suitcases to the bus. They just wanted to be part of that team. And I, and I hear you, and I agree with you 100%. And, you know, just from a touchline point of view to Newcastle Falcons, well done uh, in, in setting yes. an example of how it could happen. Um, and may that type of a rugby camaraderie and supporting everyone continue forever. You know, we've seen the odd player after a game in the past going to collect the pole protectors and flags and whatever. But I mean, to do this is a, is a whole three, four, five hours hours responsibility. Imagine something like this happen through society, not only in rugby, not only in any other sport, yeah. but throughout society, that people will just climb in and help wherever needed. Um, I think this world will just be a much better place to live in. Definitely. But Casper, don't you think that's very much what happened recently when we had the riots, that people just got involved? They just it, showed that inside we are still human beings. We still want to be part of a community and we just all got together. And, and I but think it brought so many people so much closer together. 100%, you know, I fully agree with that. But why does it take a, a crisis like they've had now over the weekend where they didn't have staff to man all of these? Why did, why did it take a crisis for people to actually step up and, 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 and be counted? Why can't we do it during the normal run of the mill, your daily job? Just stand up, be counted, and, and, and do what you need to do. You know, if you need to do a little bit more than what you are paid for, just do it. Just get it done. And I'm sure that will yeah. just make life so much easier. No, no, I, I get Mark, your point. Mark, Mark was mentioning something about uh, the, the club rugby earlier um, and, and, and involvement in club rugby and people like yourself that advance so quickly through club rugby, it's the people that are actually putting up their hand and say, you know what, here I am, um, show me what I need to do. Uh, we've now experienced it in the last couple of weeks with a, with a tennis tournament where you literally ask people to do things and it doesn't get done. You know, they're just not there and you get this handful of people. You, you, you can literally count the number of people that is actually there to help on one hand. Um, and that's the sad part. If we have this kind of attitude throughout, we will not be in those situations. But you, you know Yeah, what, I agree with you. Uh, do you know, you, know what, you know what is nice about this? So there's obviously many, many positive stories throughout yeah. the world that, that one can talk about. We're talking specifically now Newcastle Falcons and that. And I think... Like when we hosted the tens, um, as whoever the person is that's doing all the work and that you say, right, this is the last time you're not going to go through it again. <laughs> but your blood, your blood is rugby, and you're back the next week. Then you think. Yes. But for me, what stands out is is not that you want a, a, a pat on your on your back or say well done or whatever. But if you listen to the feedback, the positive feedback that comes through, yes. um, you know, you might touch a little child that says, sure, it was so nice, he's never experienced this, now he wants to play rugby, or the dad all of a sudden that's positive to say, listen, something is where we are in Toti, something is happening on the south coast, this is where we want to go. I just uh, go back to the to the Newcastle Falcons one now, and um, the, I think it was a lady, I speak under correction, she said she felt so honoured by the players serving her, it was England and the Argentinian international players that serve them. They don't necessarily go to the club, but it's higher than that. You know? yes. So that shows mm. you that the people appreciate. They don't know, mm. 
what time these guys needed to go in. Their, their director of, of rugby was saying the ground staff and that was in there before 6 o'clock in the morning already doing the work. Spectators sit on the stand and they look and they watch an hour and a half's game and it's done. So people don't realize all the hard work that goes into the back end. And if you have a person like that director of rugby or the spectators coming back and say thank you, then I think yes. it's worthwhile. No, and you're prepared to go on again, you know. So I think it's marvellous for them. And, and, it and is well marvellous. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. If we can now move on to the United Rugby Championship. Um, unfortunately, the games that were supposed to play, to be played this weekend were all cancelled due to, once again, our good friend, the coronavirus. Um, and all the international sites, all the European sites had to go back. Um, but, Mark, your thoughts on this coming weekend and the, and the, the local derbies? Well, firstly, with regards to, to the virus, it actually caused ever throughout the world. Yes. Um, you know, Barbarians rugby was cancelled to play against Samoa. There were four, four I think, three, three players and three two staff members. No, no, they tested uh, positive. Okay. So they had to stop it. Um, There's a lot of backlash that has come through because of that. So much so that the Barbar's uh, owner, Mm -hmm. um, who's a lawyer, is now thinking of taking legal action because a lot of negative things have been said against the Barbar's that they were negligent in in getting some of the players in because it's the second one on the trot that's now been cancelled. But um, obviously this time around wasn't their fault because everyone migrated to them and it happened. but the, the Barbar South African ladies continued. So that one wasn't there. And then obviously you come back to South Africa and you think about all the logistical issues because yes. Munster was here meant to play yes. the Bulls. Um, obviously the Sharks were going to be involved. So was the Lions. So was the Stormers. And, and part of the problem is that these poor guys, Johan van Graan brought his Munster side here to play. It would have been a massive clash. Um, and it stopped, and they couldn't go back home because one of their players tested positive. I think they only left now, today, to go back to Ireland. So it's a massive thing. But flip side to that, positive thing that has happened is the uh, URC committee, or whoever makes those decisions, have now brought forward, the, I think it's February or March matches for South Africa derbies to play against each other. They will now take place this coming weekend. Yes. So that's a positive. And then they're going to try and obviously get these games to play again. But, but you know, if you think about what's happening in the world currently, I know um, our president also said that the, that the other unions or the other countries jumped the gun a little bit to, to obviously place a red flag on, on South Africa. But don't you think in a case like this, because we are so vulnerable at the moment with that and not knowing what to ha- what's going to happen. Don't you think it's best? I know we don't want to tour and I know it's revenue for the country and that, but don't you think it's best for us just to go and play in Italy like we were going to do with these two rounds? Mark, I, I have, I have, um, I have different views on that. I, when I say I have two different views, I, I feel sometimes I feel yes and sometimes I feel no. I think we saw the disappointment last weekend when we were all ready to now see one of these European teams eventually play in on our own field. Um, we were there two or three days before mm-hmm. uh, and, and looking at the field and, and, and looking at how beautiful the, the grass was and all that, things that I haven't done for years. Yeah. And suddenly it was excitement again to have one of these European Definitely. teams. So mm-hmm. I hear you. It's probably under the circumstances better to go to a neutral country go into this whole bubble thing like they've done some other tournaments, 
and then play it like that because at least it gets played. Mm. But guys, yo, this 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 coronavirus has hurt us very badly. Yeah, and right down to club rugby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think yes. how terribly disappointed our boys were when yeah. we started up club rugby again at the beginning of this year mm. and then called a halt to it. Not at the beginning of this year, it was about halfway through the season mm. and then called a halt just two or three weeks later. Mm. After the games that started, the guys said we're just getting fit again, and yeah, it's a it's a terrible situation. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah, if if if, if you ask me if they've got to go into a bubble, yes, probably. Yeah, I think just for the sake of rugby, I think that's the best thing. But yes. but um, one needs to one needs to feel for for the coaching staff as well. I mean, we go close to home, Sean Everett. Um, and his coaching staff, you know, they they prepare for mon- uh, they prepare for their specific game on 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 the on the Saturday, just for the Friday to be announced. You're not playing. Now they don't know what's happening in the next week. So on the Monday, you get told, okay, now you're playing this coming weekend again against a different <laughs> opposition. The guys are still negative for not playing. Yes, they are professional, and we expect them to to produce the goods week in and week out, which isn't like that because we're all human, and it's it's what happens. Uh, but sure. I mean, who wants to be? A coach or that mark that many yeah. whoever manages that team, you know, from a positive point of view and going into bubbles and all of that. And then obviously, I think the the the, the reality here is the uncertainty of what's happening. Definitely, but I think that those coaches and those players going through Corona for the last two years and 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 going into 2022 will come out better coaches and better players. Yeah. Uh, once this is all clear and, and they can just play and, and do what they need to do. If there's none of these these hurdles that they need to deal with and, and the disappointment, mm. disappointments, as you've stated, um, once they just get this thing flowing and it flows, they're going to be much better coaches, much better players. Uh, look, I think, I think, you know, if you look at South Africa as a South African side that toured, we are the country that was in the bubble for the longest period. They're talking five, six months. Yes. Um, you, you heard Dwayne Vermeulen speak about that, and, and rightfully so, because we don't know. Um, we're quick to criticise to say the box didn't perform um, in the European Tour. They should have beaten England or whatever. But, I mean, he rightfully says, from a, from a psychological point of view, being in that bubble, not being able to go out, you miss your family. Um, it's not the same as normal. And then you look at what South Africa actually achieved while we went over there. Um, you know, it speaks wonders of, of the people wanting to play for the badge. Yes, they get paid. Um, and yes, some of them don't perform. And yes, some of them do perform And that. Ultimately, you need to go onto the field and you need to do the goods. And, you know, I don't, other than the World Cup, um, I don't think that the last Saturday's game against England would have been any different to that because for them it would have been like a final as well. They knew they had to produce. And one can just feel for them, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a tough Terrible situation. Uh, Junior, can I just ask something? I know it's off the topic now quickly. Um, you were part of part of KZNR, you set up in that. Is Dylan Richardson back? Um, how how was it was it uh, how was he received back if he has or if he hasn't come back yet? How was it received at, at KZNRU and at obviously Sharks level for this youngster that uh, is very close to our hearts? I was fortunate enough to coach him as well to actually get a cap for Scotland. Mark, um, I honestly don't know anything about whether he's got back or, or, or how that all happened. I can just tell you that there was great excitement when he did get his chance. Mm. And I think the mentors that spoke to him beforehand, and I'm talking about people close to the camp who told me things, yeah. 
Um, everybody said to him, you're doing the right thing. I don't I think that uh, he, he, he had a choice. I mean, yeah. you know, he had this opportunity. He uh, took 100%. it and I think he, he made the best of it. And I think we're going to see him become a, a great international. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether he's back in the camp or, or any any of those questions. Uh, so I'm, unfortunately, I'm asking yeah. the question because we had uh, a few, um, when I say a few, one uh, Paralympian and an Olympian year, and we spoke about the same thing when Tatiana, for argument's sake, came back into the camp, what the atmosphere was like. So yes. it would be nice yeah. to see. You know, and it's opposition yes. if you think about it, but he's your mate. Mm. Um, and yeah. I think for him, you know, he's such a wonderful youngster with a great career ahead of him. And uh, I think South Africa is going to miss him. Just thankful that uh, the Sharks mm. actually kept his services. So that's a plus for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus. And now with the new rule changes in world rugby, yeah, maybe he'll come back. <laughs> maybe, maybe he can still become a Springbok as well. <laughs> <laughs> nah, let me. Uh, yeah, I was, I was wondering about Akker this weekend. I was watching uh, Sales Sharks against uh, uh, um, Saracens, and I actually thought for a moment about Akker, and I thought, you know, I wonder if he's going to end up playing for Scotland yeah. too now uh, under the new rules. He might uh, with his brother, yep. you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, wouldn't that be fantastic to uh, see the, the two Funamaba boys playing for Scotland? Yeah, the uh, Scottish must just pronounce their surnames better. Then we'll, they'll be proper <laughs> Scots. <laughs> so, no, I, I hear you. And, and, you know, talking about the, the new rules and that, you know, I think that we spoke about it last week, uh, Gus, uh, yes. that um, I think the, the South Sea Islanders, their teams are going to be formidable teams come the next got, World Cup. Gonna. And we're going to have to watch oh, yes. them. Um, because they got, I mean, there's a guy like Rico, sorry, like uh, Falau. All of those guys are now going to qualify to come and play for them. And uh, we so they're going to yeah. become a, uh, a wasteful old boy team now. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Like our club rugby. <laughs> like our club rugby. Uh, Mark, Juno, thank you very much. Appreciate your input. Juno, thank you very much for joining us and coming to come and share your your experience throughout the years and, and your your service to KZNRU. Um, thank you very much for that. And thank you for your service in KZNRU. We really appreciate Thank you, Casper. I must tell you that, that uh, someone asked me today, and, and I, I said exactly the same thing, I, I would never have done it if I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed every single moment. I will never, ever forget my time with the Sharks Club 15 team, we had the most fantastic times. And, and uh, I really am just so grateful for the opportunity I was given. You know, uh, a very good friend who's, who, who passed away a few years ago was already an old man when I was still slightly younger. And, and he told me that when you get older, you have movies in your head. Uh, your memories become movies, and I can tell you my rugby movies in my mm. head will only be good ones. I've thoroughly enjoyed rugby, and I thank you guys for having me today and for giving me an opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Do you know, just from my side as well, um, you know, we've come a long way. I served on, on DRSU Council with you, um, reporting into you, and then uh, obviously now when we heard over the weekend that it's time for you to to step aside and start actually start enjoying rugby um, from a spectator <laughs> point of view. Um, I also just want to say thank you for whatever you've done for club rugby. Yes. Thank you for all your support over the years. I know when I took over as chairman of the um, KZNRU Coaching Association, I needed to push on your button quite often as well. 
Um, sometimes people, and you're right what you said earlier, sometimes people don't like what you say or what you do. Um, but as long as we do it for rugby and rugby, you know, tomorrow you and I put our heads down and, we, and we're not here on earth anymore, but rugby will continue. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for all the nice memories starting way back at South Coast Warriors. Um, I think I'm, I've I learned from those days already what not to do and what to do. So, uh, but thanks for all, everything that you've done. And, you know, I, I'm sure that you will plow something back to South Coast Warriors as well, even if it's just a, a thought or whatever. And hopefully they will also benefit from all your, from all your input. But thank you personally from my side. Guys, thank you. And, and really, it's, without people like you that run the clubs, there would be no club rugby. And, and, and one must never forget that. You know, you think it's, it's only the guys at the top. It, it's not that at all. Without you guys that run clubs, I, I sometimes wish there was a way that one could explain to players what is done behind the scene that they're not aware of to make it possible for them to play this game that we all love. True. I don't think they'll ever understand unless they get into where we are. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, you know, we're fortunate like uh, Newcastle Falcons and some of their people put their hands up. Guys, just from my side, thank you very much. Nice having you back in studio. I just joked when I said it was nice not having you here. Yeah? Uh, always a pleasure sharing. And to all our supporters and, and the followers and that, um, please have a look at Facebook and Instagram and all that. We're excited to start sharing some news where you can actually follow us going forward. Yes, yeah, please follow us. Um, do you know, thank you and appreciate your, your time. Mark. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Mark, to you as well. Thank you. And um, I assume that I'm now excused for the next two weeks or three weeks. Just on that. You, <laughs> yes, you are. But just on that, happy belated birthday for the weekend, oh, thank by you. the way. I thank do, you very I much. I do see that you age slightly. No, I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, please have a look at, at our Facebook page and see what's happening and who we talk to next and who's going to join us in studio and uh, whether I will join Mark next week. <laughs> um, thank you very much for that. From myself, Kasper Els and Mark Cameron and the Touchline crew, have a great rugby week.